Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and the East Bay Times in Walnut Creek, both in California, Northern California. I've edited and published the website, theweeklydriver.com, since 2004. And my colleague across the table and friend for 25 years now is Bruce Aldrich. And today we're talking about the future is now, uh, Bruce, in, in the automotive world with Get Cruise. And we have uh, on the line uh, Jackie Shannon. And things are happening in, in the world of your company pretty quickly. As a matter of fact, you guys just debuted, if I understand correctly, the other night in San Francisco. So welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having the time with us today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So could you give us a little bit of background? Uh, just fill, in, fill us in, if you would. Take your time on whatever you want to say about about the world, uh, your company, and what it means. And, and you guys are the first in many levels. So take us through that, if you would, Jackie. Yeah. So Cruise just last week became the first autonomous vehicle company to launch fared ride hill rides in a major U.S. city. And we launched in San Francisco. And our team has really been working toward this moment for years. This is the culmination of five years on my part and many more years on Cruz's part to get to this point. So we're really excited about where we're headed. We are commercial now, and we're just learning a ton about what it's going to take to bring a ride hail service and AV services more broadly to the public. Great. Well, this is, this is exciting to me because I've been waiting for this day when you can... Uh hop in the car for a ride and nobody's sitting there and driving it. Um, what did it, it was 2013, I think, that the, uh, was founded. And in less than 10 years, here you are at paid fare people riding in it. It's been a really exciting trajectory, and I share that sentiment, Bruce. And we're actually hearing something really similar from riders. What we're finding is that people are getting in the AV they're starting the ride. They're nervous, maybe a little excited, but then within a few minutes, they get bored. And we're actually finding that close to 100% of riders find that they trust the AV more after they take their first ride. And that really opens up that product opportunity space for giving you back that time to yourself on trip that you're talking about. So my team thinks a lot about how we can create better experiences for people on trip as they're getting all of this time back in their day. I think it's really neat. Uh, boring. That's, I guess that's a, the <laughs> ultimate, right? <laughs> yeah. You're it so is the ultimate. Yeah. You're so relaxed and confident in what the automobile is doing that you're bored. That's uh, that would be a nice way to be. Um, what was the initial response? I don't know if you have all the, I'm going to say numbers, but it may be some other situation. What, what was the first evening like? What it did, um, did you have more rides than you thought? Did you have less? What would, would people give you immediate feedback? What was the first night like? Yeah, so we first launched the public back at the beginning of February. And so we've been working toward this fared ride launch. And what we saw on night one was a great response. We earned many five-star rides out of five stars. And we even saw people, you know, falling asleep on their ride. They were so relaxed. And a lot of great feedback is coming in. We're learning a lot about what it's going to take to create that more useful ride for people when they do get bored. Um, and that might mean leaning into next. 
<laughs> I saw at least one of your videos, uh, some of the first writers, and they're just, they're laughing and taking selfies and calling people on the phone. <laughs> you can't believe it. There's no driver here and things like that. So, yeah, that sounds exciting. We have literally seen people get out of the car and jump up and down. And it's just so exciting to see so many years of work to come to fruition in such a successful way. There must have been, well, Bruce mentioned just under a decade, you mentioned the same. In terms of um, logistics or permits or whatever the proper terminology, what did you have to do um, to get this to fly and with limited hours and so on and so forth? Can you give us an update on on how difficult that was, particularly in a city like San Francisco, which is, you know, um, a city with very little flats, all up and downs and and narrow streets, big streets. So what was what's a good overview of how this actually came to pass? Definitely. So Cruz has been at this for years, as I mentioned, and we've actually been driving for more than 3 million miles mm-hmm. and counting. And that's 3 million miles of highly complex driving. You mentioned this in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Actually, driving in San Francisco is 40 times more complex than a suburban environment. So we are learning 40 times more from every one of those 3 million plus miles than we would if we were doing this somewhere else. And it's also important to remember that, you know, when you and I drive, we largely learn from our own driving experience. But when our AVs drive, they each learn from one another. So it's sort of like you and all of your friends from high school all drive and you all exchange notes on everything that you learned. You know, that's exactly what it's like with our AVs. So the learning between San Francisco and that like fleet learning model is just exponential. And it's that work that has really led up to this moment. So you had to get approval from the California Public Utilities Commission. What do they know about autonomous <laughs> cars? And what do they do? How are they involved? You must be other regulatory agencies as far as safety and whatnot. That's right. So we work with two primary regulators in California, the California Public Utilities Commission and the DMV. And we work really closely with them to ensure that we're launching in the right way and with public safety in mind. Okay. Have you guys received any, are your cars received any tickets? You know, I can't, I don't have those details to share, but what I can share is that our relationship with regulators and with public agencies within San Francisco is really important to us. What I was saying, uh, um, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. I was thinking that, uh, well, sometimes, like, to pass a, uh, a bicycle, you might have to move. You need, I think it's three feet in California. Um, you might have to edge over that double yellow. Or will it not go over that double yellow? It'll just follow behind the, the bike or stop until the bike is clear. I mean, there, there are some instances I know I break the law, but I think it's okay. And if I talk to a cop i wouldn't get a ticket but i just curious on some of those gray areas does your vehicle absolutely not break a law so our vehicles when they're assessing the world around them they're Uh looking at all of the objects in a scene like a bike like someone walking like another vehicle and they're making predictions about what those other actors on the road might be doing and adjusting based on that, just like you do in your own car. So seeing a bicyclist riding and like edging over to make sure that we don't get in their way. My team focuses more on how we help riders understand those moments. So 
how we educate riders on what to expect as they onboard onto the platform, connect them with the experience itself, and then make sure that we're gathering feedback from their experience on trips so that we can learn and improve. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. It's just like, uh, you don't have distracted drivers either. I mean, you're not distracted. You're not had too much to drink. I mean, that's why these are safer. That's right. And, you know, as I mentioned, our first fared rides are in the northwest corner of San Francisco between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. And what we're finding to this point is that nighttime rides have a real need. Nighttime transportation has a real need. And AVs can fit really in really nicely here because they don't get tired. They don't get drunk. They don't get distracted. It's actually a fact that 50% of road fatalities at night are at night, but only 50% of miles overall are driven at night. So AVs stand to add real value here. Absolutely. Your, your electronic eyes on the cars are actually better than a person's eyes, as I understand it, correct? So, I mean, you're less likely to hit a bicycle that doesn't have lights or something like that. Well, we benefit from over 40 sensors on the vehicle that are assessing the environment around the car all the time. So we have really great visualization on what's going on so that we can respond quickly. Could you give a, an example again or examples of what, whether it was selfies or people jumping up and down, what was some of the immediate feedback that you got from, from uh, riders? And um, if, is there something that was completely out of the ordinary that you didn't expect? Or did they fall? Did you guys think about, we wonder what's going to be the reaction the first time did they fall into the categories that you thought, or was there something outside of the envelope, so to speak, that, that somebody uh, said to you guys after their, after their ride? We've been really excited about the reactions we're seeing from people. As you mentioned, people jumping up and down, posting on social media. There's been a lot of enthusiasm for this experience. The two pieces of feedback that I'm most excited about are, one, the fact that close to 100% of riders report that they trust the AV more after their first ride. Mm-hmm. And two, the fact that people are really resonating with the fact that it is space to yourself, that you really get that, you know, extra few minutes in your day to do whatever you want to do, even if it's to be bored. And we think that there's a lot of product opportunity space there that we can lean into to help riders really take advantage of that time. It sounds great to just, yeah, have your own car show up for you. I heard the cost is a a bit less than the current other non-autonomous. The pricing is comparable to a traditional rideshare ride. Okay. And that's really reflective of the value that we are seeing in the service. So we're really seeing people resonate with this product. We're seeing people use it regularly. We're really targeting riders who have habitual use cases in our service hours and in our service area, and we're seeing good traction, uh, and our pricing reflects that value. What do you think the demographics are, the people that use this? Of course, being those hours, it's uh, it's not going to be people like me over 65, but <laughs> too much. But uh, is it mostly the younger crowd, or who's using it? We're still learning about the exact demographics of our users, especially because we have a wait list going And so we'll be expanding our ridership over time as our fleet expands. But I think you can think about it as, you know, people who have natural use cases between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. in San Francisco. So these could be 
night shift workers, you know, nurses coming home from the hospital late at night, people leaving the bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, people leaving the bars or leaving restaurants at the end of the evening. Um, so those are examples of where we think our riders are coming from. Well, sometimes safety is an issue with these other with the other people when you have a driver in there. Um, this thing's not going <laughs> to kidnap you and take you off to who knows where, right? It's geofence. We went to the dark side. Sorry. <laughs> this this is a safety thing. This it's is a good. safety. Yes, it is. We will definitely not kidnap you, but more importantly, it's, you know, the rider, one of our core focuses from a product perspective is to put the rider in control. So when you get into the car, you have multiple options for reaching customer service and you can end the ride at any time for multiple places. So there are hard buttons in the vehicle that you can use to help uh, get help or end the ride. And there are also soft buttons in the mobile app that you can use to do that. So you're in control the whole time, and help is always available. And so there's uh, when you first get in, tell, take us through that. Okay, the, the thing shows up out front, and they have little names on each one of them. Cute names. I don't re- recall them. But, um, and so you open a door and do what? You, you push a button, say, I'm ready to go? That's right. So your car pulls up. You know, one of our favorite car names is Poppy. So okay. let's say that Poppy pulls up to grab you. And you walk up, you unlock the doors from your mobile app. So you're the only person who has access to your vehicle. Perfect. And then you get in, you close the doors, you buckle up, and you start the ride either from your mobile app or from a touch screen that's in front of you. And if you, and it runs you through safety checks as well. So if you get in and you forget to close the doors or you forget to buckle up, we're going to remind you to do that. And then the ride begins. We update you on some information you should know about those controls that I mentioned. So we're going to point you to where you can get help, where you can end the ride, and provide a couple of other updates to help you get oriented to what this experience is all about. And then from there, you're just relaxing. Um, You know, we provide ongoing information about your route and when you can expect to get to your destination. But otherwise, it's really just time to yourself. Um, when you get close, we'll tell you, we'll remind you to grab your things and we'll tell you when the ride's over and then you can just hop out and close the door and we'll be on our way. That's pretty neat. What does the car do when it, uh, leaves? If it doesn't have another call, does it just pull over and park somewhere or what does it do? So our vehicles are constantly learning and they're constantly positioning to anticipate the next ride. So between rides, vehicles are driving for two purposes. One is to gather information about the road around us. And the other is to get ready for the next ride. So to position itself closer to where we think the next person who needs a cruise might be coming from. Just like a a driver car would do then, I guess. Yeah, very similar. The the question that I have is uh, Bruce and I joke a lot about both being seniors these days. And I think... Some of this reminds me of years ago. I can't say how long ago it was now when when I first used uh, Uber or Lyft. And I was with a person uh, who said, oh, we, we can't do that. How do you do that? What's that? I, they were so unfamiliar with the fact that a ride share could show up and that you did it on your phone. And it was, oh, no, we keep, we, we're going to be late, blah, blah, blah. They, they were very un, uncertain about what was about to transpire. And, of course, it all worked very smoothly. And Everybody's familiar with it. At least most people are familiar with it. So I think in some ways this, for me, will be a learning curve of this is so unfamiliar. And if I get the app and I try to do it, it'll be like the other guys now, but 
even better, if that's a fair statement. I think that for those of us who are in our 60s, and we're not a young person. I don't know how to do HTML coding freehand. I mean, the world's changed so fast uh, for someone who in their 60s or maybe a little bit younger. I think for me now talking to you about it, the first time I do it, I will be... Um, I will be that board guy because it'll be come old hand, I guess, just with a little bit of practical knowledge and a, um, a trip or two. I think that's true. And one of the reasons that it'll feel like that is because our team is really focused on making sure the experience feels familiar. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be the case that you're going to open the app and it's going to be wildly different from something you've experienced before it's going to very clearly lead you through the steps to book a ride and then start a ride in a way that's really intuitive. So it's not going to be tricky to find out what you need to do next. Gotcha. One other thing about the vehicles, um, they're all electric. I think they're like a Chevy Bolt, if I'm not mistaken. And you advertise they're all green energy, and I think you have solar panels. How, How does all that work? That's interesting. So our fleet is all electric. We use the Chevy Bolt. And in addition, we have a relationship with Central California farmers to offset our carbon footprint. So um, it's called our Farm to Fleet Initiative, and it's something we're really proud of. I was just down the Central Valley last week, and Paso Robles isn't around, and uh, there are probably years that I were staring out out there. (laughs) Just out in the middle of nowhere, there'd be, you know, acres and acres of solar panels. That's right. So, um, you know, those those solar farmers are, are really our partners in building a greener future. Looking at the future, uh, which we all do a little bit at least, uh, can you comment, if you can, I don't want to be, um, you know, uh, tread on anything that's too sensitive. Since you're in one part of San Francisco, is there a definite plan that um, in six months you'll go here or three months you'll go here or 2023 you'll go over here? Can you share any of that or is it still... Um, something that you're keeping uh, within the company, or maybe it's not hasn't been determined yet. I'm happy to share. So okay. currently, we fare rides in the northwest third of San Francisco, but we operate driverlessly in 70 percent of San Francisco. Our goal is to expand driverless operations, so driverless rides, to the whole of the seven by seven, 24 seven, in a matter of months. We will be working with regulators in parallel to expand our fairing to that full 24-7, 7 by 7 service area, service hours. What's the, what's the timeline, do you think, on that? Um, is it you guys trying to be real cautious? Is it the regulators being overly cautious? What, what is it that's it's holding you back now? The expansion within San Francisco, we're being very thoughtful about how we expand with safety in mind from a driverless perspective. So when we expand to all of San Francisco, all those service hours, it's going to be because all of those millions of miles of driving say that we're ready. When we expand fares beyond that top northwest third of San Francisco that we are in now, it's going to be because we have an ongoing relationship with our regulators. And, you know, we're both on the same page that now is the right time to do that. That's great. It's going to be, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited. That's all I can say. I'm speechless, obviously. <laughs> we, we, we may have to go to yeah. uh, San Francisco more often. And I mean, I just try think, one think, right thinking now. a little selfishly, if you go out and you're out in the town and, and you go to a, you know, you go to some function and you have a glass of wine or two or a cocktail and 
this is just one more way that um, safety really becomes safety. And um, sometimes even in Sacramento, I, I don't really want to go out and, and um, even because I get tired, but, you know, whether it's with alcohol or not, this is just one more way that I think, yeah, I really kind of wanted to do that. And now I'm going to do it. It's, it's, uh, it brings um, other opportunities on being, oh, yeah. being out and about in the, in the real world for safety, for all of those things that I know I'm repeating it a little bit, but it just, um, it just seems like there's so much to offer out there that, um, this is one more way of doing it without having to park, without having to worry about having your car stolen, without having worrying about having uh, an adult beverage or two. So it, it just falls into so many categories in a in a crowded city, in particular, where you could spend thirty or forty or fifty dollars just to park. Uh, and this is a, a great new thing. It's absolutely true, and we're really excited about it as well. And interestingly, for that use case you're talking about, you know, leaving the bar, leaving a restaurant. One other thing that we're hearing from riders right now is that women actually feel more comfortable riding in a car where there's no, you know, stranger they don't know in there. And so you can imagine, you know, if you are a woman leaving a restaurant in San Francisco at night or after a work dinner, you know, previously, and maybe I'll put this in myself because this is me, right? Sure. I'd be looking around me the whole time as I walked to my car. I'm, you know, especially nervous as I'm fumbling for my parking ticket. And then when I finally get in the car, I'm exhausted. Just like you said, you know, I probably did a full work day before the dinner. Sure. And so like for me, I'm blasting any song I know the words to. Yeah, <laughs> so right. I can karaoke to stay awake. But I, you know, imagine if you had a choice, you could choose to karaoke or you could choose to rest. And and that's the whole deal. That's right. I, I didn't think about that. And I mean, even as uh, I've been in San Francisco by myself a few times in the last, say, the last 10 years and. And women in particular, but even as a as a guy, you know, I've had I've looked around the corner a few times, just when I had a sense that something wasn't quite right. And it could be obviously for a guy or or for a woman, but unfortunately, it's more prevalent among women that that there are people who um, who want to uh, invade your space. I'll just put it that way. But I've had a couple of situations in San Francisco where I just didn't feel comfortable, and uh, it's, it's all good. Yeah, so there are both, you know, safety and usability benefits to getting that ride back to yourself, no matter who you are. And we're really excited to be getting the feedback from riders already that this is really resonating with them to get their own space, that, you know, there is nobody else in the car that they don't know. And it's a really exciting opportunity area to develop on. Well, we put starters on cars because we were tired of cranking them. <laughs> automatic transmissions because we were tired of shifting them. Yeah. I'd kind of be tired of... Sometimes you're tired of driving, right? That's, that's this the is truth. Perfect. This is perfect, yeah. Um, well, thank you for, uh, at least uh, I'll speak for myself here and kind of filling me in as a complete novice in, in this world. Um, obviously, we've done a lot of stories with, uh, you know, electric cars and the way that the world's changing in that way, but never in this capacity, although we did speak one time to the company in Oregon that's... Um, trucks. Trucks, 18-wheel trucks that they've been testing on the... Interstate 5 in Oregon um, in the wee hours of the morning without a driver, although I think the drivers in the back of the truck may be sleeping or something, just in case. But this is a new territory for us. So, in, uh, We applaud what you do. We applaud what you company, do. And, and, and if we're not the experts in this world, so thank you for kind of putting up with, uh, at least for me, some some layperson questions and filling, filling in the blanks for us. We really want to thank you uh, for your time and best of luck with... Uh, with Cruz, I'm sure that you've gotten some broadcast coverage. I mentioned the MSNBC, and 
I'm sure, if not already, there's been lots of other um, media opportunities, and I hope those continue because it's just, from where I stand, it's just all positive. Yeah, thank you. It's been a true pleasure to be here. We're really excited about our progress. And, you know, for you and all of your listeners, take back your time with us. You know, go sign up at getcruise.com so that we can get you on this service as it, you know, as more vehicles come online as we expand further. Jackie, thanks for reminding us of that. I should have brought that up earlier. The app, is, as you mentioned, is probably pretty intuitive when you sign up. So, yeah, everybody, um, go check out Cruise, uh, the app on Cruise. And, uh, Everybody have a nice trip to San Francisco and enjoy. Thanks again for being our guest on the Weekly Driver Podcast. We really appreciate the time. Thank you again.